Mummy and Daddy. The podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. <laughs> Welcome to Mummy and Daddy Indeed. Oh, it's great to be here. Oh, yeah. We took a little while with this episode, but... You wanted think, to make sure it was perfect. Yeah, I think it's going to be worth it. Here's the thing. I could tell you all the reasons why we didn't record until now, but really, I wanted to make it a year anniversary of our first pandemic episode. Yes. That was our whole intention. Exactly. We just knew that this was coming. We had it on the calendar. Yeah. It had nothing to do with work schedules, exhaustion, um, our one of our children getting sick. Um, None of that. Us getting uh, second doses of vaccines and feeling sick ourselves. There's some news. Yep. We did it. We did it. We are vaccinated, Mm -hmm. Um, which is great. It truly is. Really great. And in a couple weeks. I just don't believe this. (laughs) Our podcast is slowly just becoming. A Steve-based podcast. (laughs) For all my Steves out there in podcast land. (laughs) Oh, Pumpkinhead. Give the gift that keeps on giving. If you had asked me right then what movie Steve was from, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I had to really quickly do a little digging. Yeah, a little scan. Where have I seen Lance Hendrickson lately? Mm -hmm. A question I ask myself (laughs) far too infrequently. Um, He looks very old now. We might have to share a current. Lance Hendrickson shot in the uh, in the stories this week with no explanation. It's going to be for hardcore fans only. That's right. I'm writing it in my notes. Here we go. Great. Um, okay, so it's been a year since we recorded episode 15. Oh my goodness! Train to Busan. Um, and now we're this is episode 32. Mm. The cats are wound up about it. The whole household has been just. A bustle with uh, year anniversary of the pandemic podcast yeah. news. So I yes. I went back and listened to just like our our little banter bit of this part of that episode. It was so it was like a week in. It was like our first week at home with the kids, and it was really interesting to see how quickly we fell into a schedule that we still kind of do and and how different things are because like masks weren't a thing and the kids were so much younger that is so true especially boo because he was you know just over two boo just Mm -hmm. two when Mm -hmm. we first went into lockdown and so that year from two to three is so much so much cooking in there huge just just watching videos of him and like the speech you know how much it changes and you don't think about it you just kind of think of your kids as they are right now and then and then you go back especially boo because he he (laughs) has been talking for a long time and he's just yeah he's kind of the same 
but he's so different. It's kind of the same, but so different. You might even say that, like... Listen to me, man. No, you listen. I'm out of the game. Well, the game has changed. But the players are the same. <laughs> nice one, Josh. Big wow. shout out. Powers Booth. <laughs> figures into this week's episode. Yes. Um, this week's episode, I'm so excited to talk about frailty. Oh, yeah. 2001. Were you shocked to know that was when this movie was made? I was, because there is part of me that, that what anything that happens in 2001 or two, I always think about, like, how did 9-11 affect this thing? That's true. That's true. And I had just started college, and I like I wasn't watching movies like this at all. No, this occupies a very weird space. It's a it's a pretty maybe even like a part of the last batch of like I know the movie poster from the video store mm-hmm. kinds of movies. Yeah. Like the cover is very Yes. I I'll say iconic. Mm-hmm. It is like memorable, I don't know, it's burned into my brain. Mm. I would it's not necessarily special. It just is. Yeah. The cover of Frailty. It's like a 90s mystery movie where everything's really tied up at the end. Mm -hmm. Nice little twist. Yeah. And I even feel like it's the kind of movie that like budgetarily we don't see much anymore. Right. You know? These movies, yeah. yeah. You you just don't get these kind of like, these whatever they are, probably low, mid-budget. Right. And just white men. You don't, you know, there's one... Too it's more few, expensive that way. Too, so yeah, yeah, you don't want any. You don't want any diversity. Don't want any women mussing up a movie. Just a victim, a couple victims, really, and a wife. Yeah, pregnant it's best wife. If, yeah, if you just put duct tape over their mouths. Yeah, true. Um, so it's just purely anybody who looks kind of like Bill Paxton. Well, he who, did. He did direct. Yeah, the movie. that's why. Yeah, that's yeah. Just why a, I said it. Yeah. Beautiful mirror images of himself mm-hmm. all up and down. Yeah, he's like his, what he wishes he looked he look like with uh, Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. what he will, we would have. Oh, R.I.P. Bill Paxton. Truly. Oh, I love Bill Paxton. <laughs> I do love him. And that's it's, it's very sad that he's already left us, but he would have looked a lot like Powers Booth, you know, like mm. <laughs> just. Yeah. Real family picture. Yeah. So that's but, fine that uh, we don't see those kinds of movies as much dwindling, yeah. I hope. Um Hard to say, really. I mean, baby steps. Baby steps, yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> but. Take as long as you want, Hollywood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all of that said, excited to talk about this movie. I had not Same. seen it. I had never seen it. Had you seen it, listeners? No one answered my question on the, on the Instagram, but uh, if you. We if know you, that you saw it. <laughs> if you have seen it, we still want to know if you haven't. Anyway, but just just to wrap it up, um, it's been quite a year. More than half of our podcast has occurred in this time. That is strange to think about. Which is very strange, yeah. But it's been it's been a balm for us. I, I know it has been something that like we look forward to making. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like this is not a weekly occurrence for us, you know that we do episodes every three weeks. It's something that we really have loved incorporating into the year and has been like an awesome like kind of anchor in so many ways and yeah and it's been a nice to have a project yeah yeah very good um so we thank you for listening also yeah thanks for being here with us in this pandemic that is so unfortunately not over even though we are getting back 
to some normal t- normalcy and people are getting vaccinated, but you got the strains, you got spring break, you got spring break, you got lots of stuff to still worry about. Oh boy. Did you ever go anywhere for spring break in your life? Yes, I went. <laughs> uh, not at, not before college. That wasn't really a thing. Oh, no way. Yeah, 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 yeah. we didn't travel like that. But um, in college, I went, my very first spring break, we went to Montreal and Quebec. Mm-hmm. And that was such a fun trip, but also such a cold, cold trip. We were, We questioned our decision making. And we were all sober. Like I was with a bunch of straight edge kids. So it wasn't like that. It was Um, like, oh, great. The drinking age is 18. Let's do this. I know. It wasn't that at all. And so then the next year we went to uh, the Keys because a friend lived down there. And um, same kind, almost the same group of people went to the Keys. And that was amazing. What about you? No, I don't think so. Um, Not that I recall. It's weird because you were so tangentially part of my friend group in college that it, you could have like gone on that trip. Yeah. I wasn't invited though. No, so, you know, <laughs> it was a very small, it was like a car load. Sure. It was what we could fit in a car. Right. To go I recognize into... I was not one of those people. No, well, you you're know? very large. You would have just hit the ceiling. Yeah. We'd have to cut a hole in the roof, you know, <laughs> <laughs> top of my head. <laughs> we were like, Josh, and we we're like, nah, his no. legs are too long. Um, oh, my legs are long. Yeah, they're yeah, very, I very didn't. Long. I one time worked through spring break. That counts at co- like I stayed at on campus as like a yeah. It doesn't count. Well, it's the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> just hung out. It was kind of cool. Mm. Just have like a week with like no one around. Yeah, but um, never went anywhere for spring no. break. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I just connect this. I watched Dave's Frog over that spring break. You were probably oh, all in yeah. the Florida Keys That's while right. I was you, taking you care of a pet my babysat a pet frog. Well, thanks for that. No um, problem. I hope that our listeners or anyone who has a spring break, I hope you're going to have safe yeah. fun this yeah, year. Yeah, I hope you're all you know, obeying that Miami Beach curfew or whatever. No, I really hope everyone's home and not, uh, not going not anywhere. anywhere or doing anything. <laughs> um, boy. But here we are. Here Spring we are. Spring is sprung. And, and yes. Let's talk about our movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we're going to get back into a comfortable lane and we're going to talk about the movie that we watched yeah. for this show. Now my head is just swimming with like a lot of different uh, pandemic-y and now I'm just worried. Now I'm worried, Josh. I'm worried about everyone on spring break. So thanks for that. No problem. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be something. I was reading about it this morning. That's why I'm thinking mm, about it. Yeah. Yep. Well, how about we recap our movie? Ooh, I would love to do that. Okay. Boy. Ooh. Would you like to read um, the recap from oh, the Internet Movie Database? I'd love to. What's cool about a database is that it, you know, it can find you stuff that's even 20 years old, you know? Like God. it just keeps track of this sort of thing for you. Um, so here is one. Can I also say, anytime I'm looking on the Internet Movie Database, you'd think by now I'd be familiar with it. I can never get it right, whether I'm supposed to click on synopsis or uh, plot. Weirdly, it's a plot summary. It seems like it, that would be the longer one. Yes. 
Yeah. It does. And for some reason, they don't call it section summaries. Anyway, here we are. This one comes from Anonymous. Shout out, though, to Kenneth Chisholm, who also wrote one for this longtime database author. <laughs> it's also possible that all of these are aliases for the same person. And maybe Kenneth Chisholm is real. We'll never know. Because the next, next one is by KGF Vissers, which also I keep looking at as KGF Kissers, which is a really fun fake name. But we're going to read one from Anonymous. I wish that bo- at both of those have been better, but they're just not, they're not the best. I'm not one. even going to read them. I'm not going to look at them. I'm just going, eyes going straight to number three. Fenton Meeks comes forth to tell the FBI that his brother Adam may be the serial killer who calls himself God's Hands, close, who the FBI has been searching for. The film uses flashbacks to show Meeks's childhood with a father who believed he was on a mission from God to destroy demons that inhabit human bodies. Fenton saw his dad as evil, while Adam saw him as a hero. Anonymous. I think that pretty much gets to yeah, it. Yeah, sure. It's close enough. Yeah, it gets the family dynamic in there, which I do believe is important. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I didn't think about pulling a Blues Brothers or on a mission from God uh, drop for this episode. But there's still time. There's still time. You may hear it in post. We're on a mission from God. How about you play the clip from the movie, though? That will also give our um, mm. listeners. Okay. Yes. This. So what you're about to hear, this is Bill Paxton. Um, telling his kids um, about the vision that he had um, and why he wants to do what he's going to do, which motivates the rest of the film. Spoiler. I need you both to listen to me very carefully. Something's happened. He said he'd had a vision that night. A vision from God. An angel came to him told him the truth of this world and revealed God's special purpose for our family. The end of the world is coming. It's near. The angel showed me. There are demons among us. The devil has released them for the final battle. It's being fought right now. But nobody knows it except us and others like us. I'm scared, Dad. Nothing to be afraid of, Tiger. We've been chosen by God. He will protect us. He's given us special jobs to do. We don't fear these demons. We destroy them. We we pick them up one by one and we pitch them out of this world. That's God's purpose for us. The angel called us God's hands. So we're like superheroes? That's right. We're a family of superheroes that are going to help save the world. My dad, that doesn't make any sense. I know it sounds that way, son, but it's the truth. So, what are our superpowers? Well, we can see the demons while other people can't. And the angel told me that God would be sending us three weapons to destroy them with. Magical weapons? I imagine so. When do we get them? I don't know. The angel just said soon. That's all I was told, except that we're not supposed to tell anybody about any of this. Absolutely no one. If we do, we put them and ourselves in danger. Gotta love Bill Paxton. He's so earnest. 
Yeah. He really is perfect in this role. It's true. It is amazing. Yeah, he's one or the other, right? Like he's either a complete doofus in movies or is I mean maybe that's it. It's his Same. sort of yeah. doofery is is earnest, but like it is either like is he like this Australian shepherd of sort of like a wackadoo dog that's your <laughs> that's you know either like the bully or or is he this super deeply earnest heartfelt yeah. dad character yeah and i was saying while we were watching it like this was right before big love and i can see how it just kind of was a good lead up role to that because it's yeah. very similar um and not as messed up in some ways it is but um yeah so so this movie is um there's so much to talk about or we could talk about with this movie. There's a lot of stuff that you could get into. Um, like our last movie, it was a, there was a lot of um, things that we thought about, like mental illness and questioning your parents as you get older and as, as uh, Fenton does. Um, religious extremism, like what people do in God's name. Like there's so much to think about with the parenting here and also like the sibling dynamics like when you disagree with your sibling and yet you still protect them and love them like that that dynamic yeah, yeah is that, very yeah yeah so we we had a lot to think about and we're gonna, we're gonna get into some of it but even from that clip to briefly go down like that the religious path this is all rooted in like a a family's private view of religion that it's not there's no like connection to god other than bill paxton there's no like yeah it's not about like mainstream religion right or even like oh we're part of this this cult or this sect and Mm -hmm. our leader is telling us to do that it is just about this family unit and that dynamic Mm -hmm. alone sets up so well kind of like all of the other stuff that we do want to talk about because it really is just like there's just the dad and just the kids. It's this really yeah tight pocket of um of dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep saying that word. Yeah. And and just to like get into the plot for a, a moment. So so just in case you haven't seen this, the older version, he's posing as the older version of one of the brothers. Fenton and he goes to tell the FBI that his brother is the God's hands killer. God's hand. God's hand killer. God's yeah. hand. And tells the whole story of their childhood in depth to to Powers Booth. And um then what? No, I'm just shaking my head at the whole that like yeah, they're like alone. The, yeah, it's so in the ridiculous. Dallas FBI office. Yeah, and he and everyone he, goes home. It's like, oh yeah, go ahead, tell me who the serial killer is. I've been investigating. Yeah. Um, you can head out early, yeah. assistant. Yeah, and then he agrees to follow Fenton to where the bodies are buried, and he gets to the rose garden where all the bodies are. And oh my goodness, it's not Fenton, it's Adam. And he is the, he still believes that he's on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. And he touches Powers Booth and he sees the things that he has done, which involves killing his mother. Mm-hmm. Who and, looks like Powers Booth. <laughs> yeah. Great casting. And so the idea is Adam 
is the killer and he is on a mission from God and the demons are real. And it flashes back and how all the people that his father killed were demons and how yeah. Fenton was still trying to stop him and failed. Yeah. Because he killed, Adam kills Fenton, right? I guess that's the part that's a little unclear to me is is what their relationship was Fenton was a, I thought Fenton is a were. demon. I thought they, oh, yeah. he was just a demon. He's okay, a demon right, also right, killing people. Okay. So he was just a murderer. He was a murderer. Okay. So he was a demon and that's why Adam had to kill him. Oh, I got it. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So it's just a complicated web. But while you're watching it, it's a nice, tidy little mystery. Like it was, it was, yeah, fun to watch. Totally. Um, I think pretty early on, you know that he's not Fenton. Yes. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's up? But it, I mean, some cool little like, um, you know, red herrings in there. Like you see Agent Doyle. Oh, his mom looks like Susan Boyle. <laughs> Susan Boyle, Mama Doyle. Agent Doyle <laughs> was um, looking at his hands, which are kind of, they were kind of like, mm. look like they're sort of fucked up. And I, but then pretty immediately after that, there's the whole like story of him digging the, digging the hole and mm. just like ruining his hands doing it. And so right. there's certain things you're like, oh, okay. Like that's just scarring. It's mm-hmm. not from him like actively burying bodies right now. It is because. Mm. Yeah. He just has like messed up hands from having to do that as a kid. Yeah, um, it's a, it, no, it's a very cool, yeah little bits in there. Yeah, it's very well written little mm-hmm. mystery. Um, and it in the end, you know, we were we were talking about like, is Bill Paxton a bad dad? Is he a bad dad or a good dad? Because you find out that it's real, that everything he was saying was real, and he was killing like a pedophile and a. a I don't know, an abuser and these people who have done wrong. But the answer is. Is He's a bad dad. Well, even even before we get his interactions with his kids are also set up right from the jump. They do a good job of really quickly setting him up that he is a caring dad. Like he offers to go even, you know, he's a he's a mechanic. He's not a whatever, a mathematician or something, but offers to like sit with his son over the weekend like let's get let's try to figure out that math homework of yours together like stuff like that that is just these moments of like trying to be um a you know he's not immediately like abusive to the kids that seems to come right. later he's even the not... punishing behavior it's more of this stuff you know more like whoa there tiger save some for us i sure love peace <laughs> you must <laughs> like, well yeah so... yeah i mean y- He's not abusive to them every day. Mm-hmm. He has the facade of being a good dad. He has elements right. of like caring for the kids, but he also locks, he not locks, nails yes. shut, makes them do physical labor, nails shut um, Fenton in a, in, a, in a dungeon. In a dungeon, yeah. For a week, two weeks. Um, so he's 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 pretty terrible, right? And I mean, I do think that's where the we'll get into like more review stuff later. But like, obviously, but <laughs> been listening for a year or more, you may know that. But that 
he doesn't maybe unravel in the way that you'd want him to, that like he becomes more zealous or something. There is something about that sort of golden retriever tone that he sort of has throughout the movie that makes that a little bit more surprising, but not in like a, oh my God, I can't believe that's happening. It's more just a, it seems it seems like a little more like random or at odds with with like him as a parent. I think there's other stuff where they do a good job of of putting this dichotomy up with like this mission that they're on from God, which we is murder, right? And and just like basic parenting stuff. Oh, it's when Adam, brother Adam, presents his own list. He's excited mm. to support his dad, and so he presents his own his own list. And it sounds like this. Where'd you get this, Adam? God gave it to me. Isn't Travis Shedd that boy was picking on you at school last week? He's a demon. Tell the truth, Adam. You made this list up yourself, didn't you? No, God did. Adam. Come on, right here. Listen to me, son. You can't just make stuff like that up. We destroy demons. If we were to use your list, we wouldn't be destroying demons. We'd be killing people. And we can never do that. And destroying demons is a good thing. Killing people is bad. You understand? I'm sorry, Dad. That's all right. It's okay. Just got to have a little patience. Don't worry. God will send you your own list when you're older. Dark. Also, like, that love that little twist at the end of that. But... Do you know what I'm saying? That it's not just a quite as. No, it's way, it's worse. It's way worse. Yeah, it's more it's, ins, it's more insidious. Insidious mm. <laughs> prequel. Yeah, it's it's dark. It's he's he is uh, so convinced of this message from God, mm-hmm. and the whole the whole reason why he puts Fenton in the dungeon that he also has forced his children to dig and hide with the shed i mean it's just because he's not consistently abusing them he is this is in the argument of him being a bad dad um he is doing terrible things in his own way um but the whole reason he puts him in there is because you know the, the angel has told him that Fenton is a demon and he's like no and he's saying no I'll prove you wrong right like he'll see the error of his ways yeah so he's trying to teach him he's trying to show him that he you know trying to get him to believe in God not that that makes it right at all but in his own mind he's doing right by his children Uh and trying to get them to be on board with his little project from from the angel yeah and um but it is but in the end he is i stand by the fact that he is a very yeah. bad dad well i mean it's also that's i didn't think about this before but the the fact that that's that the choice in his mind is either put him in a put him in the dungeon and let him and hopefully god speaks to him mm-hmm. or i have to kill him because yeah. this angel says he's a demon and he'll end up on my list. So right. I have to do this. Right. So like this is, it, it is like an act of 
mercy in the like within mm-hmm. like the rules of, of right. his of his making. But obviously, oh, I mean, even just then there's sort of the other like all the manual labor stuff. Manual labor for kids is also fine if it's supervised and you're allowing them food and water and stuff like that. Which sunscreen. He He's not. Um and by the way, a 10 by 15 foot, I think they actually may have gotten the timing of that right by the end of it. He makes a ton of progress that first day, but like it takes him a full week of like 12 hour days to mm-hmm. dig this hole. And it's very pro, by the way, like it is a, <laughs> as a perfectly dug basement. And, yep. but like they even, they had to shoot them moving this shed over the, the new basement mm-hmm. floor. And I'm just thinking like, even there, if you kind of cheat it and stuff like those kids, those actors probably still had to do quite a bit of like digging and pushing of sheds and all this yeah, kind of stuff. Some. They did a lot of digging. There's a ton of child digging in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot. Cause then they, they got to bury all the bodies in the, yeah. In the Rose garden, the dungeons just for doing the deed. Yeah. So um, because Fenton, refuses to pray and you know keeps questioning his dad he gets put in the dungeon the the door is nailed shut there's a hole in there where his brother adam gives him water which i believe the dad has said he can have one glass a not even a day right Mm. it's something it's terrible he says some there's some little line in there yeah but here's what happens on the seventh day Has God spoken to you yet? There is no God. Yeah, it did it did feel uh, relatable content being trapped? Oh my god, yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> quarantine wise, but uh, that's pretty cool because he makes him into a demon as he when he did that. It's just a vicious cycle here. Um, yeah, but it's also solitary confinement, you know, like which is obviously you know, the psychological and physiological effects of that have been proven over and over again it is still of course like a thing that happens in this country but you know even for a short amount of time i think like even the un has banned its use for longer than like two weeks or something Mm. along those lines because it's so it's torture you know it really does it's kind of like a thing you can't come back from and so all this Definitely adds yeah. adds up to bad dad, but it wasn't something I didn't necessarily think about it until this moment of hearing just the audio and him that that you know like the days becoming weeks. I truly can't imagine. I can't imagine. Oh yeah, no. being yeah, no. and also not eating, he would have died. Just gonna say it. Yeah, he he would have been in really 
he would have had to have been hospitalized. Um, but, and, and after this, he does the right thing. Fenton does the right thing. He goes to the police <laughs> and tries to tell the sheriff what his dad has done. And the sheriff completely d- doesn't believe him, brings him home, says, your, your child's telling tall tales, sits with the dad. To the dad. They're all three in the same, mm-hmm. sitting around the same table. Yep. Awful. And it's so, it, I mean, in this time of, of completely um, questioning everything about police and their, their, their point. Um, yeah. It's definitely their role in, in the community and everything else. Yeah. It was very, um, it was very disturbing to watch and like just not believing kids and uh but and not uh, wanting to be bothered that was one of the things that really mm-hmm. struck me in this viewing was also how little the sheriff wanted this to interfere with his fishing weekend that he had mm-hmm. planned and how truly awful it is to think that like oh yeah you could have yeah you could have saved this obviously this is fiction but, you know, you still, if you, you know, really invested in safety, yeah. even though he does ultimately, like, go say, like, yeah, sure, like, we'll go check out the basement, which is his undoing. But, like, it takes him a while to mm-hmm. even get there. And he does so begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. And it's really just fucking sad. And I wish that. Yeah, really sad. It was different. Really sad. And- <laughs> um. And and I think it's after this that Fenton and Adam really discuss running away. Mm. Um, that's it. Kind of he he's asked Adam several times, like we need to leave, like like before even the first demon slaying happens. That's right. Yeah, they're laying. There's one where they're laying in bed. Would you like me to play these? Oh sure. I think we should leave. You mean run away? Will you go with me? Only for a little while. I don't want to leave Dad. Neither do I. But we might have to. Why? Dad's gonna kill somebody. So that one's first, and then I believe it's while he's digging the basement. It's this one, too. You didn't tell him what I said about running away, did you? No. Will you go with me then? There's no reason to go. He's a killer. No, he's not. I've been praying for you. Yeah. So, running away. Something we haven't really talked about in this show. Amazingly not. Yeah. And it will... um, Well, so, interview with a vampirant. Ooh. Interview with a vampirant. Still working on those drops. Get ready. We are. We have some great things in store. Hopefully by the next episode. Yeah. Sure. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, did you or your siblings ever try to run away or talk about running away? Yes. Oh my gosh. Now that I'm, I I ran away. Gosh. Am I really conflating this? Is this my story or my sister's? We'll have to ask Aunt Megan. But, um ran away it must have been her because she would have been five 
oh and I would have been three, that like ran away to our neighbor's house. We like to play mm-hmm. at, like packed a bag and sat in his room. But like that day, mm-hmm. obviously, probably 20 minutes later, I can't imagine it's very long. I remember like my mom coming over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is now 35 years ago. So I, it's really hard to say if this is my story or hers. But like, yeah, and kind of just saying like you can't, yeah, well, you can't run away and like, let's talk about it. I think that was, I believe that was kind of the it. There may have been one or two more of those a little bit later once we'd moved to Massachusetts. Um, but similar, kind. I do remember my sister running like down our street mm-hmm. with like a backpack on, yeah. you know, just being like, I'm running away. And yeah, that's it. yeah. Yeah. I don't think we ever packed a bag, but we ta- we talked about it a lot. It was, it was in our, you know, sphere of things that we thought about and talked about not in like a real sense but i remember like reading the mixed up files of miss basely frankweiler and 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 also this um cynthia voigt book homecoming i don't um, know that one that wasn't about running away they had been abandoned it was like uh a few siblings i can't remember if it was two or three or four i feel like that was more like there was like three of them um, but it was about a family kind of like trying to get from their home to their aunt's house and mm. like, yeah, like surviving and just that there was a lot of books like that, I think in the, in the eighties and nineties oh, yeah. where the kids surviving on their own. And it was just like something that I thought about all the time. Even all the stuff with like talking animals reuniting with their families across country, like all that. Yeah. It's all part of the same milieu is yes. all about the same idea of like running away and survival and kind of taking matters into your own hands right? yes as like an underdog yeah and a like literal dog. and i still think about the things that i thought about as a kid of like how would i get food how would i you know mm-hmm. even though now it's obviously very different um and and i think it's more of a question in all seriousness when you're talking about kids really truly running away it's like more of a preteen teenager topic when that could really happen in a in a very scary way yeah. you know fenton and adam's age even just like okay talking to your kids about it even beforehand i don't know i mean like if they're plotting truly in secret to run away you may not know about it till it's too late but what i've read briefly kind of since we're not at that point yet, (laughs) but just talking to your kids about like, there's nothing that we can't solve together and kind of like, and very similarly to how we approach parenting, even our younger kids of kind of just like staying calm and not freaking out at them about it. Like if you see a packed bag or, or like find out if you stumbled upon a text or an email about like, plans to kind of or like, say like a friend's parent i imagine that's mm-hmm. probably a lot of where that information gets yeah, shared how, back is like however just so you know your kid said they want to come live with us i think is probably a reach out you'd get right so however you get the information like approaching your child calmly and like with the with the like mindset of let's talk about this. We can get through this together. And, you know, I mean, if kids are really running away, there's probably something terrible. They might not have that support. Um, 
So every situation is very, very different. But um, as far as like little kids running away um, in the kind mm-hmm. of like, I remember my sister running outside and saying she was going to China. And Solid. She started, Good plan. she started running down the street and my mom or dad called out to her and said, it's the other way. So, wow. Yeah. So she ran the other way. And uh, it's like a uh, family joke now, but like. That's brutal. That's so, it's really like a dick move. I, In the, while your kid is actively doing yes. that is amazing. Um, But you know, I think, I don't know if kids now think about running away the same way we did when we were kids. And I don't know why that is, or maybe I'm wrong. It was romantic, as you mentioned. It was in all this literature, and in everything. It is the problem of having uh, like things for children made by uh, people who aren't children. Because usually, I mean, only now, really, it's only been the last generation that they've even looked to experts to advise on children's Mm. programming and things of that nature outside of Sesame Street or, you know, some other more educationally themed shows over the years. As you say that, I mean, Follow That Bird was probably where we got the idea. Oh, yeah. Right. That's a running away movie. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Then he gets kidnapped. Hmm. Kidnapping, also a theme. Mm -hmm. Like that's, it was in everything. Yeah. That's all those, those are kinds of things that do not exist in Mm-hmm. our children's universe and i do think that it came from you know the absentee parents of the generations before are what informed a lot of those stories and a mm-hmm. lot of those things were also products of the 60s that we were just watching mm-hmm. in the 80s and 90s right and yeah now i do i i would wonder if if uh if older kids think about it talk about it i would imagine it's more serious because I was trying to think about like high school instances of kids going to live with other mm-hmm. families, you know, mm-hmm. even if it was just like, hey, why don't you come stay with us for a few days, whether it was for like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the reason might be. But in some cases, I'm trying to remember specific examples, but stories of. Yeah, that happened in my friend. For group. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. just like, oh, it's not really safe for you or it's not an ideal time to be at home right and that's different kind of but isn't it sort of nipping it in the bud too it's like mm-hmm. getting ahead of like so if your parents are going through divorce or something and you say like well, why don't you just come stay at our place like mm-hmm. if they're like you know if it's acrimonious that you might have a situation where th- that's getting it ahead of you just feeling like you're out of options as mm-hmm. a teenager and emotionally overwhelmed where you just say I'm out of here. Clearly I'm not a priority. And that is, but that is also really endemic of this situation in frailty is that it's because there is this thing that's bigger than all of them. That's directing the dad's motives. There's no neutral party that's listening Mm -hmm. to go. There's no, there's no teacher. Yeah. That's where, I mean, maybe this kind of falls apart. It does feel like the real world non-bottle version of this story would include other adults like teachers in the kids lives Mm. but that initial order that rule to say don't tell anyone for their safety and their protection Mm. is is such an insidious detail of that Mm -hmm. um i wish we had some insidious related drop what a shame 
Renai, where are you? Um, especially in the mind of a kid, that's something that is really going to resonate. And you don't necessarily have the faculties to be able to know whether or not that's true or not. And are you going to risk it? It's this kind of the healthy fear that accompanies a lot of religious stuff that makes it really hard for kids to like both question and understand it, I think. And so that that really helps the, the mission and sort of mystery around this story, because even if maybe the kids did have a teacher they wanted to tell or would trust to help them out or a friend's parent, they're not going to go to them because they want to keep them safe because mm-hmm. they love them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's a challenge. Have you heard of this new uh, book about parenting that just came out, Hunt, Gather, Parent? No. Yeah, um, it's by... By Bill Paxton. Oh, he's, he's not dead. able to write books no. about parenting, Josh. Not even hunting um, them. Michaeline Duclef, PhD. I probably butchered that, but the Hunt, Gather, Parent book has been making a lot of waves this week. And or this month, I don't know when it came out, but I've I've heard about it in a lot of the parenting groups that I'm part of were talking about it. And there was a lot of blowback because it kind of the, the so it's hunt gather parent what ancient ancient cultures can teach us about the lost art of raising happy, helpful little humans. Hmm. So it is a, a white woman who wrote this and um, has been getting a lot of flack for some of the stuff in there. And um I agree with some of the criticisms, even though I haven't read the book, but just like the NPR stuff that I heard about it. Like I can see where people are a little, you know, questioning this, this book. And, but anyway, one of the big things about it is like human beings did not parent alone for like the whole of human history. Mm -hmm. The whole, it takes a village thing is, is really how, we we were all raised for for most of humanity and this right. much more literal than really yeah really for. literal and she talks about like the words in other languages for the other people the other adults that children have that aunts and uncles and teachers and caretakers that they have that are like pseudo parents and um and i and i think we've all kind of felt this a lot this year of like this isn't right. This isn't what's supposed to happen. We're not supposed to spend this, this much time on our own, you know, and mm-hmm. you've really been feeling the lack of grandparents and of other family friends and like even all paid your, babysitters or yes, other caretakers. Your support yeah, system. It's and still a support system. Not just for our own mental health, but for theirs, like having those other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's another reason why Ferelty is such a great completely on purpose very intentional choice yeah, we saved this yeah we saved it for the year anniversary of the pandemic um beginning um and you really feel that because they don't they don't have any other options and basically both children because of this abuse be it god-given instructions or not become murderers because they were <laughs> so abused by their father um so it's pretty dark, pretty dark, but they needed, they need those other people. You're totally right. Yeah. But this brings us to our question of the week. Oh. How can you ask me a question like that? How can you ask me? I'm your brother and you ask me that? 
It's perfect. It's really perfect. Um, so we want to know because we we were wondering in this segment, and we want to know: Did you ever try to run away, or have your children currently in this twenty twenty one talked about running away? Yeah, and who could blame them really? Oh, extra credit for any grandparents listening to the show. If you remember when any of specifically the our parents, our parents. If you're listening, <laughs> you may answer this question about us. <laughs> that is fine. Yeah, send us an email, mummyxsteady at gmail.com or a voicemail. Voice 818-839-1991. Or Instagram, Facebook, anywhere you want. Twitter. All of it. Twitter. Um, and I think the only... Oh, and a reminder, if you answer our question of the week and we read the answer on the air, we will give that winning answer a credit for a free rental. Yeah, it's a prize. On answer the format of your choosing yeah there's an incentive here let's get it let's get some answers so and and as i said um on instagram when i posted our other question of the week it can remain anonymous absolutely just let us know so the so hand in hand with this this parenting um fiasco Bill Paxton. I don't know what happened to the mom. She passed away. He's just grieving, right? This is all. Right. Okay. So um, the big thing, the other, one of the big things that I feel like you have to talk about with this is punishment Mm -hmm. in general. And we talk a lot about it on the show, but I feel like it's good to just kind of revisit our big like tent poles of why we don't punish our kids. Yeah, and I was right. actually talking to somebody on set about this. He just had a baby, and he has a six-month-old baby. And I was kind of talking about our approach to parenting and our podcast, and how. And I was kind of getting into like the rye philosophy, uh-huh. and he was like, uh, "I don't know. Does that mean you just like don't you let your kids do whatever they want?" I was like, "No, actually, it's all about boundaries. It's all about setting and maintaining boundaries." And not shaming your kid for their behavior. And um, I sent him a bunch of resources because the whole thing with um, with Rye and a lot of these things is just starting when your child's a baby. Oh, it's so important. So important of like talking to them in a normal voice and respecting their bodies and kind of like involving the, the baby in a, a, a cooperation approach to some of the activities that are essential right and also it's funny because it's boundaries but also certain freedoms like that um i mean the most extreme rye thing is also like they should always have a table that's their size they can get up get up from at any time we like to have our kids sit with us at at meal times however like again they are not punished should they leave the table Mm -hmm. it is just we we talk about that as as a as a boundary but there are certain i think freedoms that come along with it I think that's one of the things that makes it cool for older parents, mm-hmm. too, of, I'm saying, parents of older kids. If this was never part of your um, parenting philosophy, that you could start at any time. Yeah. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be disruptive. It's not going, if anything, it should make everyone's lives a lot easier because it isn't punitive and it doesn't require yelling and it doesn't require 
timeouts and taking away privileges and other things. It doesn't things like require that. a 10 by 15 hole with the shed on top. No, it's usually much smaller than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they a lot of the the places that we pull from um talk about exactly that of like getting on board with these things with older children and um kind of like how to approach it like i know we've in the past like i know i know in the past i've yelled a lot Mm. now i'm doing this you know like addressing it with your kids but um but yeah so i'm gonna just post a bunch of kind of the basics i'm gonna do that that on instagram like uh no bad kids janet lansbury love no bad kids that one is huge it's toddler discipline without shame it really is like the core of everything that we believe in <laughs> with uh, that we love about um, the rye stuff and um, just a bunch of other resources. I will post um, about alternatives to punishment and why punishing your kids is um, not as helpful as you might think. And uh yeah, like separate, like basically pushes them away instead yes. of bringing them to you and connecting with them, pushing them away and shaming them. You might just turn out with a Fenton or an Adam. Yes. And that feeds right back into. Um, Not to threaten our audience. No, but that's feed right back into like modern view on policing, which mm-hmm. is the same thing for adults a punitive medieval approach to yeah uh, you know justice and mental health and mental health is not uh, yeah in solitary confinement there's so much of this all you know all this stuff wraps into itself right because it is the police state is extremely parental right you're looking for punishments to take Mm -hmm. away rights in exchange for past wrongdoing Mm -hmm. and how futile that idea really is and when you can see it in a baby you can definitely see it in a grown-up and we're not talking about the most extreme cases of humanity but especially as parents we know that like the vast majority of kids don't require special handling they require the same kinds Mm -hmm. of care and attention Mm -hmm. regardless of uh you know, it is like a very small percentage of kids that would actually need other kind of, say, professional oversight or some other Right, kind of, of yeah. course. Yeah, like if you're dealing with some, yeah, special yeah. situation. True um, behavior, like a diagnosable behavioral issue right. or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to state. Um, yeah. So, frailty. Frailty. Should we rate this movie? Yeah. It's not fair. All I've seen are demons, and he gets to see God. That's right. <laughs> well, I guess I could do, right before we rate the movie, I could tell you a very quick, where are they now? Oh, sure. Okay. These kids. It's Mummy and Daddy's Totally Awesome, Where Are They Now? And uh, I'll keep it quick. Okay. But you may recognize Adam from something. Did you recognize him from anything? No, I thought you were going to talk about Matthew McConaughey. 
<laughs> no, the children. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew McConaughey is considering a run for governor of Texas. So sure, go for it. That's where he is. I love how he just shoots for the moon. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Been living in Malibu for the last 20 years. It's going to be great. Okay. <laughs> so little Adam was Peter Pan in that oh. very first like live action Peter Pan movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. And um, both of them are actually like doing quite well. Like I don't, uh, as far as their acting careers go, um, I don't know how they are personally, but um, hope everything's all right. Yeah. Um, they've just been in a lot of stuff. You wouldn't recognize them from any. Like they haven't had leading roles, but uh-huh. they're they've consistently acted throughout the years. And they, I mean, we'll get to rating them in uh-huh. a moment, but I think ju- justly so. They yeah. were, yeah. Um, especially for how young they were um, and what a messed up movie this is. Yeah, makes. yeah. It, it required a lot of them, yeah. I think. Yeah. So just a brief uh, where they now, I guess, um, where where were they a few years ago? But uh, they are still acting. Still working. Yeah. Nice. All right, let's read this movie. Okay. Um, okay, so Carol, uh, the movie Frailty, 2001, directed by Bill Paxton, uh, starring Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey, and Powers Booth, in how many um okay how many tickets to meatballs do you <laughs> give this movie out of let's see they would each need to go see at least twice out of six movie tickets to movie meatballs I'm going to give it a five out of six tickets. Five out of six tickets to Meatballs. Because it is a very solid movie. Mm-hmm. It was fun to watch. It's dated. I mm-hmm. I get that. You know, it's it's not a movie I need to see again, but it, it was very solid. And uh, I was struck by how bad the special effects were when you think about like Lord of the Rings coming out a few years after this. I, I was struck by that. There was Whoa. very, very bad special effects. I think about that all the time with anything that came out after Star Wars. You know, like oh, yeah. anything in that universe that comes out after Star so Wars. Like all you're movies. Just like, <laughs> most movies. But when you're just like, okay, if this if it's Logan's run or something, you can forgive it. Mm. But like uh, Flash Gordon, inexcusable. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, besides that, I mean, I thought William did a great job. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, William it, Paxton, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> and yeah, it was just a, it was a fun one. And I knew, I, I, I knew that Matthew McConaughey wasn't who he said he was, but I didn't quite know exactly how it was going to turn out. And I liked how it was very neat. Like I could imagine, I could just imagine how nice it would have been reading the script and being like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is tight tight as a drum yeah oh man i really thought we were going to disagree on that i thought this would be the, a rare like i maybe liked it more than hmm. you did because i i totally agree i thought it was i i love that it's real right within the confines of the movie because we do see him mm-hmm. scan yes powers booth we were led to believe that there are real demons right he knows that he killed his wife and all this stuff so that to me was also his mom 
or sorry, his mom, a great, his sister, uh, <laughs> his, himself. It was a great, um, it was, it was a, it was a double twist in a way. And it wasn't just like this thing of like, oh, he's the devil in disguise and he got away with it. Like very popular late nineties twist motif, mm-hmm. um, that it was more earnest than that. And it makes you think differently about the events of the film. Yeah. And it so makes I, you, yeah. It makes you think about, it keeps you thinking afterwards. And that's, that's definitely a yep. great thing about a movie. Yeah, I would love to see more movies like this. This is a genre that can come back. Oh, yeah, especially because it's basically like a hint of supernatural, which you know I like. Oh, yeah, exactly. So what's your rating? I think you could have played that up more. Uh, I Okay, maybe I'll knock it down one more. I was just going to match you five out of six, but I think I'll just go four out of six meatballs tickets. The kids can go see it twice. Bill Paxton gets none of it. And... That's because I do think the tone of the film, I kind of would like to see this played slightly comedically almost. Um, no, that's, I think, why it's so good. It's because it's it's so earnest the, to the point where when Fenton does the deed mm-hmm. and kills kills Bill Paxton, you're sad. Yes, you're and like, I don't oh. mean that. I don't mean that level of comedy. I do just mean this sort of leave it to beaver parent and kids dichotomy of like, this is one happy family. I could see it being played a little harder and there being a little bit more of a descent. I think there's just, there are some other kind of elements that you could Mm. play with it. I I think could have made it just like slightly stronger out of the, out of the gate um, or that maybe you, question Bill Paxton a little more or something else like that. But I, yeah, I just really liked it and I thought it was cool. It's definitely worth a watch. Well, even I as found, much as we've talked about it already. I thought the whole thing was that the whole time you're, you're questioning him and you're think he's crazy. So that's yeah. why at the end it's great. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. Like maybe his, I mean, but then maybe it's even to underplay it more. I don't know. I just think there is some, this, it felt like slightly, down the middle in a way if we're going to make more of these this is my wish i would love to see some different kind of takes on the movie <laughs> remake frailty as many times as you want but with just different um yeah different energies and different kind of styles that's all i guess i'm not making myself clear but you can disagree with me that's fine i'm just uh, no, that's think... why you gave it a five out of six and I gave it a four out of six. Yeah, I wouldn't change that part of it. I think the earnestness is what kind of sets it apart from other movies. All right, but let's move on to the kids. Mm. Young Fenton, young Adam. Yep. How many... Okay, how many Otis... Otai? How many... Otis. Otis axe handles do you give the kids in frailty? How many do I have to pick from? Oh, um, 10. Oh my goodness. Okay. Gosh. I'm, I think they were very good. There is part of me that wishes Adam had more to play with. Because I think he was pretty, he just sort of bought in right from the jump Mm. and didn't waver for even a second. 
throughout their entire childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when he was bringing water, it was clear he was, you know, like he even said, like, I told dad, basically, I, he said I could bring you some water. Yeah. You know, it wasn't even like, oh, I care. You know, like there wasn't even that moment. And I thought Fenton was great. His like Fenton is like the sort of stout hearted uh, non-believer in it was a really, I thought did a really good job of kind of selling that kind of, it, it has a little bit of that, like you're more of an adult. Mm-hmm. adult in a kid's body kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I like that a lot. So uh, I'm going to give him, I'll give him seven out of 10. I do. Yeah. Because I overall positive, I liked it. And I thought that they carried the point across well. Um, and again, limited, if we're going with what they had to work with, then I will give them credit for what they did. How about you? I'm going to give them an eight. Out of 10, since I liked them a little bit more than you did. Okay. Yeah, I thought that uh, I what I what I do question, and it's not really the, the, the actors, but it's the the birth order thing. It's like, I was thinking about this during the movie. It's like, does it really make sense that the oldest, yeah, like wouldn't the birth order be flipped? But that I can kind of see it both ways. So yeah. Yeah, and, little kid being more impressionable. I think that's Yeah, fine. yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And also um, older kid being more distraught or recognizing mm, like you're still mourning the loss of our mom. Yeah. This isn't about like, and also just being frustrated by the like, I can't believe like yeah. this is what we're left with. Right. And seeing things for what they are. Okay. Yeah. I'm sold. All right. And before we wrap it up here, people, I just want to do a little bit of scary good stuff, Ooh. which is geared towards our Southern California listeners. But in general, maybe you have something like this in your neck of the woods. Especially now that spring has sprung. Yes. And you can be outside. Um, Maybe you're looking for something fun to do with the kiddos that's not an organized sport or just something kind of out of the box. Want to recommend the hip hop dance class that our kiddos have been taking. Yes. Um, We're pretty far into it now. I think we're almost at the end. We have a few classes left. But uh, we have been going through a company called We Break Hip Hop Dance Company, and they do they do small groups outside. And we just kind of like picked a park that we wanted to go to, yep. and some our school friends. So it was still in our little pod, um, but we organized a group, and uh, the class is great. It's an hour long class. Really yeah, tuckers really. the kiddos out. Totally. <laughs> and it's been really fun watching them do their dance moves. And I think they're having a blast doing it. And it's just a lot of fun. You know, our, our kids are still quite young, but they have classes for teens. I'll post a link to We Break. And uh, it's just been kind of a fun thing to do on the weekend. It's great. And the coach is really good about following safety protocols, which is not something because we, you know, we see a lot at parks like other kind of private classes. Clearly, our coach doesn't want to get COVID-19 either. Very good about hand sanitization, distance as much as possible um, while still engaging with each kid and just being it's a really fun active and like also intense class like even for young ones so Mm -hmm. like both of our kids do it it's more geared towards the older kids and it looks like there and there are classes for however old your kids Mm -hmm. are really but um yeah it's 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 really it's a blast 
and super fun to watch if you're going to hang out somewhere for an hour. It's a lot more fun than like soccer. Yeah, it's really fun. I'll try to post a video um, that respectfully does not show the class kids' faces, but um, we it's just a blast. So good. Yeah. And hey, um, you know, listen, if you're going to watch a kid's dance class, don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email us at mummyxdeddy at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeddy. We are on Instagram at mummyxdeddypod. You can leave us a voicemail at 818-839-1991 or just visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeddy.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is a hug from your sibling after you haven't seen them in a long, long year. Aww. Get out of here! Butthole! Bye! Bye. Don't worry, Fenton. I know you're too big for a good night kiss. Night, boys. Sleep tight. Don't let those bed bugs bite. That's right. All right, all right, all right. Love you guys. Love you too, Dad. Not Dad. Good night, Curtis. I want to see meatballs again.